I don't know. Maybe we can get the guy, uh, the guy on the line. Maybe he's got a comment or two about that. Yeah, let's bring in Jay Rosehill, former Maple Leaf. He co-hosts the Leafs Morning Take with our pal Nick Alberga. How's it going, Jay? Good, guys. How are you doing? Good to see you again. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks oh, thank for you. hopping on with us. Obviously, a lot to unpack today. It was a long weekend when, when Ryan O'Reilly uh-huh. was traded on Friday. So maybe give us the player perspective. If you're a guy in the Leafs locker room and, and the group chat starts firing on Friday night, you see they bring in Ryan O'Reilly and, and Nola Chari. How, how do you feel about that uh, as a player mm-hmm. on the Leafs? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you're in the locker room, it's, uh, you know, the first thing you do is think about what do we give up for this guy? Maybe you don't know them, but right. you certainly know everyone in the locker room and on your team. So you're like, who do we give up? Who are we losing? Is it is it one of my best buddies on the team? Is it my line mate? It's those kind of thoughts. And then once you process that, you know, you think about who you're bringing in. And, you know, in this case, I think uh, there's a lot of smiles on the faces. The guy's got nothing but uh, a fantastic resume and reputation. So I imagine everyone was pretty excited and, uh, then when the, the day comes where he walks in the locker room, you just kind of get yourself acquainted and see how everyone starts gelling, basically, is, uh, is what I remember of it. So what are your thoughts on the deal? Your overall impressions, I guess we've seen now through two games, both Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari. What did you make of uh, you know their first impressions in the, the blue and white? Yeah, well, first of all, I was thrilled with the deal. I mean, I, I really feel like we won it. I don't think we gave up too much. And, you know, with retaining a lot of his salary, I think it was fantastic and didn't have to give up anyone on the roster. Um, you know, some people who think that, you know, giving up draft picks isn't good. And I just laugh at that. I mean, what's the point of having a draft pick? It's to try to win games and get the best roster you can. And that's four or five years down the road. So right now the Leafs are in, you know, the top handful of teams in the NHL. It's time to go. It's time to win. So put your chips on the table and let's roll. So you can always buy back draft picks and trade for them later. So I was thrilled with it. And, you know, it seems like they've both been making an impact early. Uh, A few chances for O'Reilly, obviously. He's yet to get one. I I bet that he's going to get one tonight against his former team. And Achari obviously chipping in too and looking really good. So I've been thrilled with the uh, with the trade. It was a bigger deal than I thought we were able to uh, pull off this this early. So it's been good for Leafland, I think. I always say parades over picks and prospects is always what I say to people because I had the same thing. I'm like, oh, big trade and adds incredible depth. And like, oh, but now go look at the depth of their uh, draft capital. It's like. I mean, if they win a championship, like this is what this game is all about, trying to hoist Lord Stanley, and you bring in a guy like Ryan O'Reilly and a guy like Nolachari without putting anybody at, like, they didn't have to get rid of any roster players. They're just strictly inserting those two talented players into this lineup. I mean, who cares? Who cares? Ultimately, like, I'm with you. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, if the time is now, if your team's hot and you're making a run, then picks are irrelevant i mean you like i said you can always trade for those down the road when your team's not in that kind of a position and uh you know it's time to roll and you get a caliber of ryan o'reilly and his playoff history and the trophies he's got behind his name and and then just the character the guys have i hear nothing but good things about him from guys who have played with him and know him firsthand so i think it's a huge addition for the leafs and uh you got to applaud um you know, the, the management staff for pulling that thing off and the cap crunchers and everybody else because it's not easy to do this, this day and age. And it seems like they really did it and didn't have to sacrifice a whole lot. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah. So ahead of the deadline, it was depth down the middle people wanted. They wanted to address that left side. They wanted more depth in the bottom six. And, and this move kind of handled all their needs up front. What do you think of the blue line now, Jay? Do you think there's still a move to be made there? Is, is the blue line makeup screaming well, Stanley Cup at you? I, I mean, it's not. It, it, they show a lot of depth and a lot of character. If you look back to, 
you know, November, December, when they were just riddled with injuries, you think, oh boy, this is gonna, this is just really gonna hurt the whole Leafs season. When you look at the the amount of man games that were lost, and people just stepped up in big ways, and they showed a lot of depth on the back end. That being said, um, it would be nice to you know add a big piece, uh, like a, a piece of guy, a, a guy that has a lot of playoff experience that knows how to win, who's just that that solid guy. Maybe it's a, a rental, maybe it's not, but. Um, it would be nice to kind of replace that Jake Muzzin right about now, and then whether that can be done or not is, is yet to be seen. Well, I am curious. Like we, we talked about the top six being you know kind of fortified, and it sounds as though we heard from Keith today in practice that uh, Tavares on the wing isn't going to be a one-off. They're going to get a look there. But you know, what do you make of that move? Like right away, getting Ryan O'Reilly, putting him in the two C hole, and moving John Tavares out to the wing. Do you think that's best for his game? How does that change the game for him? Is that best uh, best for Toronto as a team? Yeah, I think it's an adjustment for him. But you know, they've got a few guys on the team that they're willing to uh, and capable of moving around in their positions. And with the with the talent that that guy's got, and some of the guys on the team, I think they're easily able to adapt. You know. We know that Tavares is just a consummate professional and does everything the right way. So I imagine that if he has any any hesitations about it, he'll be crunching video and watching game tape and you know adjusting to you know that position. And I don't think a guy like him is going to struggle with it too much. And we know that Keith likes to to mix lines up and try to find chemistry all over the, especially the forward end. So I don't think that uh, that's a guaranteed you know position that everyone's going to stay in that's rock solid. But I, I know that he likes to move things around and shake things up and seems like the players have been responding to it just fine. That's Jay Rosehill, former Maple Leaf. He co-hosts the Leafs Morning Take on YouTube. And uh, so all this trade excitement over the weekend, the Leafs have a back-to-back, and then they drop like just a crappy game to Chicago on Sunday just to take all the air out of the tires. Patrick Kane, the star of that game with a hat <laughs> trick. Was that like major revenge game vibes from Patrick Kane from you? What did you take from that? Yeah, I just think he was just doing Patrick Kane things. He's a player that's capable of doing that. And the bigger story is the the one that we've been talking about all year. It's just the anomaly of this fantastic team that's able, you know, to beat the Lightning and beat the Bruins and, and contend in the top tiers of the NHL that constantly is dropping points to the bottom feeders. And personally, I wish I knew the answer to it. I think it's a subconscious thing that's collective. Uh, within a whole hockey team that's kind of hard to address obviously because it just continues to happen but definitely one of those head scratchers when uh, you know you keep losing to those bottom barrel teams but you know when a player of uh, Patrick King's caliber comes into town and and he's on fire it's going to be hard for anyone to stop I think. Yeah, and I mean, they've got a very similar situation going on with the team that they play tonight. Like, they got the Buffalo Sabres, and it's the team that historically has given them a lot of issues. Like, they've lost three of the last four meetings. No, they lost six of the last, five of the last six, four of the last eight. They just consistently have been losing to Buffalo over the course of the last uh, few years here. I mean, uh, again, I, I just, when it comes to playing certain teams, is, like, in, in is there, who would you look to, I suppose, the question on that squad to just sit there and say, guys, let's let's just go out there and let's we, we got to wake up and win these games. Now that Ryan O'Reilly's in there, do you think that he could do that though? Like, is he somebody who has enough clout from being around the league for a while, where you think he could be a vocal leader in this t- in uh, in the locker room? Yeah, I definitely think he can. I mean, so far this year, I'm sure a guy like John Tavares has been stepping up and saying those things and. You know, when you say your piece and it doesn't quite work, as as we're talking about with these lower tier teams, 
you know, it never hurts to have new blood come in there and, and maybe take a different angle on it. And when Ryan O'Reilly speaks in that room, I mean, he's got a consummate trophy, a selfie trophy, a lady being a Stanley Cup. He's loved by all his teammates. He's just a guy that when he speaks, I imagine people are listening. And I'm sure he's uh, he's no stranger to understanding what the, the Leafs' plight are this year. And you got a taste of it, obviously, on on Sunday against these certain teams. So if he speaks up in that room, I imagine guys will be listening. And hopefully he can say something that can jar something loose in that room that that it'll help them stop dropping points against those kind of teams as you said buffalo is actually pretty hot right now on a four-game heater i think and they've seemed to have the leafs number for for years and years it seems like so definitely if anything they can do to to change their mindset against the team like uh, they're playing tonight would be helpful yeah very helpful. money on the board for o'reilly too you think yeah oh of course for sure <laughs> How much? How much do you care about home ice, Jay, for the for the first round versus Tampa? Av and I kind of go back and forth on it. Maybe I'm just like. No, I'm very much home ice. I'm team. No, home no. Ice. I mean, you and I go back and forth because oh, yes. I'm like, I don't really care. I've seen them lose at home. I've seen them lose on the road. Like, let's see if they could do anything anywhere. Uh, do you think it matters a ton where they play the first round? I think it does. I mean, at the end of the day, can you the teams lose when they have home ice advantage in, in the playoff series all the time? Of course, it's not a guarantee for anything. But when you want to start, the big thing for me is starting the series off both games at home. I mean, if you can get those two wins, I mean, you are so much in the driver's seat of that series. And, you know, just having the comfortability of, of eating at your pregame meal restaurant, sleeping in your own bed, being around your family, whatever it is, not having to travel, not having to switch time zones when it gets deeper into the playoffs, it's it's a big deal to have those first two games at home. And then obviously if it gets down to a game seven, uh, you want that to be in your home rink. I think it's just, it's just, just beneficial for obvious reasons. And at the end of the day, it's not the, it's not the world breaking, you know, end of the world thing. If you don't get home ice, but you certainly are trying to make it. And especially right now, when that's kind of all you're playing for, it seems like the playoff picture is kind of set up as far as our opponent. And, you know, that's what kind of harkens back to those drop points against those bottom teams that you yeah. should beat. It's, uh, it's probably going to end up being the difference between home ice and not. Uh, with Jay Rosehill, former Maple Leaf and Coast, at least morning take. And you guys actually had Matthew Nyes on your show last week. How do you see him potentially factoring into the Maple Leafs uh, roster down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, that's something that you forget about when you're talking about kind of solidifying the bottom six a little bit and making deals. It's like there's a very good chance we have that Matthew Nye's coming in, and it's kind of nice for him because he doesn't have to come in and be a world beater and come in and, and have the impact that he has had in college. He can kind of, you know, maybe if he does sign, he leaves his Minnesota team and gets 10 games under his belt, gets used to the NHL speed, and then, you know, he can kind of do what he does in the playoffs on that, you know, third line maybe, and and have some pretty good players around him and actually start making an impact. And, you know, is, is the, the weight of the world on his shoulders doing it? No, it's not. He can kind of fly under the radar, and he's such a quality player. And I was really impressed by his, you know, maturity level and confidence when we interviewed him that I think he has what it takes to come in and make an impact. So you got to kind of keep that in the back of your mind that there's a good chance we're going to have him down the stretch and in the playoffs, which he's just a phenomenal hockey player. I don't think that's going to do anything but hurt, hurt but help, sorry. Yeah, definitely a lot of fans in Leafs Nation excited about that possibility. Uh, we brought you in, we were talking about goalies and what's going on with Matt Murray right now and just kind of how quiet it is surrounding his ankle situation. How are you feeling about the Leafs net minder tandem right now headed into the playoffs? Because everything else seems to be falling into place and the goalies were good to start the year. It seems like Kyle Dubas' gamble had paid off and, and now the health thing is, is coming to the forefront again. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about it. I know he's got a tendency to be injured uh, more than the, the average guy for sure, and I think people just know that, so we're not you know, cracking our heads against the wall trying to figure out what's going on. It just is kind of his tendency, but I think there's a little bit of breathing room with the playoff picture kind of being set up and us having a whole bunch of depth like you guys were talking about with the Chalgrins and the Walls who can actually come in there and, and be a legitimate backup, you know, NHL goalie. Both of them have proven themselves to be pretty solid. So I think they're just taking their time with Murray because there's no rush to get him in there and have him re-injure it and whatever is bothering him. They're going to take the most time with rehab and with physio and with talking to the right doctors and getting the pictures taken. And just there's really no rush to have him there because obviously the eye on the prize is the playoffs. And I feel like they're just trying to make sure that he's ready for that playoff picture. And that's why we're kind of not seeing a whole lot of buzz or any rush to get him back in right now. That's, that's my best take on it anyways. Uh, really appreciate taking time to, to join us today, Jay. Hopefully we can chat again uh, down the road real soon. You bet, guys. Thanks for everything. And uh, anytime I like talking, leaf leaf talk with you guys. So we'll do it again. Absolutely.